You're listening to audio from the Portland Church. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to our ministry, please visit www.portlandchurch.org. And if you would, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8, and we'll start there in just a second. But one of the things that you've probably been able to do like I have, and I just noticed the uh, we're supposed to have a cloudy day. The rain's going to be coming back. We've had a couple of nice days, some really nice days here in Portland. And uh, the sun's peeking out right now. It's been cloudy all morning. But uh, I'm still able uh, to take a walk every day. And uh, most afternoons, Lisa and I take a, a shorter walk together. And it's really encouraging to see everybody who is out on a nice day. Uh, and it's a lot quieter. There's not nearly as much traffic of any kind going on. Uh, but on a pretty day, especially where I live, you'll see people out riding bicycles or taking walks, uh, families with children. But everyone is giving the uh, consideration to to one another, you know, with this social distancing thing, with a few exceptions. Now, I, I got to confess, I get some attitudes. If I'm walking uh, down the sidewalk and I see someone coming, I know I'm going to go out in the street if I need to. But I watch somebody come and it's like they're not they're not budging. They're just sort of holding on to the, the middle of the sidewalk. It doesn't happen a lot, but there are some people like that out there. I'm very encouraged. The street I live on, uh, everyone is is super thoughtful of one another. If we see each other on the street, and a lot of folks here in my neighborhood, we we know each other, and people will wave and smile, and and even have a conversation at about seven or eight feet apart, because we're really good at judging distances around here. Unlike some of these guys out there, it's like they're not giving up the sidewalk. And I, I started thinking about the, the lepers back uh, in the Bible times and how a leper was supposed to say, unclean, unclean, just to make sure that when they were out walking, you know, around, if they came across someone who wasn't aware that they were a leper, it was the law. You had to shout unclean just to make sure that no one came close to you. And, and uh, I, I have taken to heart uh, really, this idea that we're all supposed to act as if we've already got the virus. And uh, and just on a side note, uh, obviously, I ain't no scientist, but uh, I can listen to the ones who are. And uh, this, is, this is a new bug we're going to have. This is something that we're going to have to adapt to. And all the measures we're taking right now are measures to try to slow it down, especially for the benefit of the really sick people being able to get a hospital bed. If everyone gets this all at the same time, uh, then we've, well, <clears throat> you've all heard the numbers. We've all heard, this, heard the story. And, and so we're trying to slow it down. But, uh, uh, but right now, I've taken to heart the idea that I've already got the bug. I'm already unclean. And, uh, and I've gone from, you know, getting bad attitudes at the people that look like they didn't want to give an inch uh, to just thinking, you know, it's just always my responsibility to unclean. I need to walk way away from anybody I'm coming close to. I need to give a wide berth, even if even if they don't. Uh, even if, uh, if somebody runs up behind me and I don't hear them coming, and uh, some sweaty person flies past me too close, rather than get an attitude, I just need to remember I'm the one carrying the virus. I need to be considerate, even if no one else is. And uh, and, and the truth is, it, it does seem like most people are getting that message, 
and most fo most folks are considerate, but you got those you got those exceptions. In uh, Matthew chapter eight, it says that when Jesus came down from the mountainside, verse one, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, "Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean." And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and touched the man. And he said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the man was cured of his leprosy. And then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest as was commanded by Moses for a testimony unto them. And when I pictured this story, for years and years picturing this story, it's, it's, always, it's always been Jesus having a crowd around him, a crowd in front of him, and the crowd parting kind of like the Red Sea with this leper just coming through and kneeling before Jesus. And the murmuring in the crowd of, of it's a leper, it's some people shrinking back. And, and uh, maybe if the leper hasn't been saying it like he should, they're saying unclean, unclean, unclean. And of course, to me, the most poignant part about this story is that Jesus, the first thing he did was touch him. The very thing that would make somebody unclean and have to make themselves separate themselves from the community, if you just brushed against a leper, Jesus reaches out and touches him. And of course, uh, then he heals him. Now we know that Jesus didn't have to touch him to heal him. Uh, we know that in this very same chapter. In just a few verses down, he's going to heal the centurion's servant who's miles away perhaps. And so Jesus had the ability to throw miracles uh, like an expert can throw darts. Uh, but in this case, it looks like Jesus reached out to touch him because this is somebody who probably hadn't had human contact in a long time. And uh, maybe a lot of you are like me. One of my love languages is touch, being huggy. And, uh, and it's good to be here with my daughters and my wife and, and we get to hug each other. So I can't say that I'm devoid of human touch. But it's the first time in my life, first time in my life, I can come close to relating to someone who's been ostracized from their community, someone who has been untouchable. And when I think about that, and I look at Jesus, and his first response is to touch this person then what I'm reminded of and, and want to remind all of us is that even right now, Jesus isn't far away from us and Jesus is reaching out to us. Uh, there's something that's going on uh, right now that's giving us an opportunity to be more in touch with the Lord uh, perhaps than we've been in a long time. Uh, I know I've been able to talk to a number of people who've been a little bit estranged from fellowship and folks who have have not been doing uh, their best or maybe even trying to be a Christian for a long time. And, and, uh, and right now their, their attention has been diverted in a good way. Their attention has been turned back to considering the Lord. And I know that very often people feel like I'm just, you know, I've been living a bad life. I'm not worthy. Uh, you know, we're, we're all lepers. Uh, just like we're all supposed to be acting like we're carrying the virus. We're, we're supposed to know we're all lepers. Uh, none of us deserve the grace of Jesus. None of us deserve the touch of Jesus. Uh, but Jesus is, is, is ready to touch each of us. 
touch us with his message, touch us with his purpose, touch us. We can make a preacher's list. We can make an outline of it all. But right now, Jesus, Jesus isn't far from any of us. And even before he cleans us up, even before he brushes off the sin, Jesus is ready to embrace us and say, you're my child. Why don't you come home? And so right now, for all of us, uh, maybe it's just a good idea for us to, to lock in on this idea of it doesn't matter uh, how long I've been with the Lord. I, I still need to, to be aware of the things in my heart that need to change. You know, when, when I, you know, it, it may sound like a, like a, a, a stupid preacher's sin or something, but, you know, when you get a bad attitude, a bad attitude's a bad attitude. When you have a harsh thought towards somebody, when your first reaction is, why don't they move? Why don't they give? That, that's in my heart. That, that's bad Steve. And bad Steve needs to remember that good Jesus still loves me. And the quicker I remember that, the, the quicker I can turn into the better Steve, into the person that says, you know what? Uh, I'm here to go the extra mile. I'm here to turn the other cheek. Uh, I'm here to give you all the sidewalk in the world you need. And uh, as a result of that, then it just makes me feel closer to the Lord. Uh, got a couple more leper stories for you. So that's leper one. Leper two, uh, or lepers, uh, the second part is in Luke chapter 17. And, uh, uh, you know, probably, let me just say, probably a lot of us are having the same thoughts about this stuff right now. Uh, I've been working on a whole different lesson that I want to share with whoever's willing to uh, stick it out with me later. Not, not now, not later, in a minute later. But uh, later this week, uh, perhaps, uh, there's a lesson that I want to do uh, that was really triggered a few years ago. I was been triggered by a lot of things, but specifically Dave Pachta. Uh, uh, Dave Pachta did a lesson uh, that really challenged and encouraged me to, to work on some things that I'd like to share with all of you about how we read the Bible and about really how, whether we know it or not or, or like it or not, we, we change uh, and the way we read the Bible changes. And this isn't to get confused or complicated with God is changeless and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But it's a good thing, I think, for us to re-examine, not, not just to re-examine the things we believe, but for us to specifically re-examine how am I reading the Bible? And is this really what God intended me to get from these passages? Is this really what I was supposed to understand? And we'll talk about that uh, some other time, but that just made me remember that we're probably all thinking a lot of the same things. I bet you I'm not the only person that's thought about uh, social distancing and leprosy. Uh, let me read this next story to you. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Master, Jesus, have pity on us. Well, when he saw them, he said, Well, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. 
He threw himself at Jesus' feet, thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Uh, another familiar story, and uh, I have just one point to draw from it, but first let's, let's do what we do and elaborate on it just a little bit. You can, you can paint the picture for yourself. Uh, ten guys, uh, Jesus have pity on us, they shout. Uh, leprosy was such an awful sort of thing, and Jesus said, well, just go show yourself to the priest. Now he's telling them, while they still see the leprosy, to do what you're commanded to do when you're cleansed of leprosy. They're not cleansed yet, but they do what he says. They start heading that way, and on the way they all get cleansed. And only one, of course, comes back, and there's a Samaritan. And we could spend a long time talking about uh, Jesus saying, is the foreigner the only one? And we can talk about how people view foreigners today and a lot of prejudices and racisms and, and things like that. But what I really want to point out and what I really hope we can all hang on to and, and remember is how quick it is to forget valuable life lessons. We can learn some really important things and then just so quickly forget. We can be in a, in a crisis situation. We can have leprosy and think, oh, if I could just get healed of this, I'll be a complete different person. Everything will change. And nine out of ten people, when they get clean, they go back to doing whatever it was they were doing before. They don't even have time to go say thank you. And I think that right now, uh, maybe all of us, certainly a lot of us, hopefully most of us, are making some decisions and experiencing some things during this time that we think, I want to remember this. I want to... Uh, I want to always be this focused on God, or I want to read my Bible this much. I've had more time to pray. I, I'm spending more time with my family. I'm doing things that are valuable. You know, one of the interesting things, I've talked to a lot of my friends about this, is how many people got creative, uh, wanted to, to do something that was creative. Uh, I, I know for me, the second that I found out that we might be holed up in the house for, at that time, I thought a week. Uh, little did I know. Uh, the first thing I did is I found a used easel and, and a canvas and some paints, and I decided to make a mess right here in my living room, and, and uh, my girls love it that we've turned the living room into uh, an art studio. Uh, but I've heard that with so many people that are writing and they're uh, making music and uh, they're doing activities with their kids. There's there's so many things that, that people thought, well, now that I've got time, I'm going to do this. And, and again, I want to be real sensitive to the folks that are saying, I don't know where you guys are all getting time. Uh, this is, I'm still having to, to, to do my job or do things. And I know that a lot of employers are encouraging people to work from home, but some of you just can't. And I know that some folks are losing jobs. And so I don't want to make this sound like Disneyland or a vacation. But the fact is, for a whole lot of people, a lot of people. Uh, there's more time at home. There's more time with family. Uh, there's more time even if there is fear of what are we going to do next? What is my next job going to be or whatever? There's a lot of people that have more time to think 
and are really considering quality of life. And what am I going to do with my life? And what does my life mean? And I hope we will remember that when we get through this. I don't want to say when this is over. I don't know what our next new reality is going to be. But Lord willing, it's not going to be like this forever. Uh, there will be another side to it. Uh, there will be a, a, a new time and a, and a new thing. And our inclination is always to just sort of, no matter how strong our feelings or thoughts or convictions were, our inclination is always to sort of slip back into whatever habits or, or ways we were before. And I wanted to read this story about the lepers just so we could remember not just to be grateful for all that God has done, but let's be grateful for even this bad situation. And again, you can tell. I mean, I'm, I'm so bleh. But I'm trying to be careful with my words because there's a lot of hardship going on and there's a lot of fear. And there's a lot of things that I just wish we could reach out and hug one another. What a, what, what a, what an awful thing when there's crises and dilemmas. One of the, one of the most common human things is let's get together and let's fight this. And right now, our getting together to fight it means staying apart, and it's so hard. But I don't want to miss the opportunity to say that all of us, whatever situation we're in. We're having more reflection time, perhaps, than we've had in a long time. And we're making some decisions, some good decisions. We're at least seeing some good, some good, having some good thoughts about re-examining what we value in life. And uh, let's be like the one leper that when he was clean, he went back to Jesus. And it wasn't just, I'm not just making the gratitude point. He didn't go back to business as usual as immediately as the others did. He had to go talk to Jesus and thank him. And uh, I'm making way more of it than perhaps is in the scriptures, but it just makes me uh, want to think about there's some things that I'm reevaluating, uh, like everybody else. Uh, there are things that mean more to me right now than they've meant in a long, long time. And if someone comes up with a vaccine, if something happens and, oh, it's all changing tomorrow, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose a lot of the thoughts and convictions and decisions and, and change of habits that, that I've already developed in this short amount of time. And I'd encourage the same for you. And then the last story is in 2 Kings chapter 5. Some of you may have raced ahead to this, but... Uh, uh, this is hopefully going to end up a little bit more like a, a public service announcement in the end because it's the story of Naaman. And uh, uh, Mark Thompson is, uh, is a dear friend in New York and uh, one, one of my favorite people. He's a phenomenal actor, joker. Mark, Mark can do it, and he's a great preacher. And, uh, but I remember when he was young, I remember when we were all together, uh, a long time ago, and I did a sermon, and oh, I grew up, uh, you know, listening to preachers in Arkansas, and it was Naaman, uh, Naaman the leper, you know, and Naaman had to go down and wash, and you know, and it was Naaman, and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, you don't say Naaman, like, you don't do that in New York, 
uh, I'm not sure you should do it in Arkansas. But uh, uh, I realized uh, that it was probably uh, something cooler, like out of a, you know, a, 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 an old, you know, a, a Thor movie or something. And it, and he was probably Nahaman, you know, because he's a great general. Uh, he was he rose to prominence in what is now now uh, Syria. In fact, near Aleppo. Uh, you know, you get one of those, Aleppo. And um, he uh, uh, was known, he became great because of his victory uh, basically over over Israel and, and some surrounding countries at that time. And uh, he had, uh, uh, he, he, he got leprosy. And his... Uh, they have a, a servant, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how lots of these things are sort of whitewashed over, but uh, in, in one of the raids or wars or something, he brought back uh, essentially an enslaved, enslaved a young woman that was a servant in his household. And uh, anyway, he finds out there's a prophet in Israel, uh, she says, that could heal uh, the master of this leprosy. So he goes to his king. And the king says, well, absolutely, I'll send you to Israel. And he writes a letter to the king of Israel uh, uh, saying, you know, receive my servant and, you know, take care of him. Receive this man, this great general, and heal him of his leprosy. Well, the king of Israel gets Naaman, and, and Naaman takes a treasure with him to offer the king. Uh, the king of Aram gives Naaman a treasure, a treasure, and uh, uh, he takes it down to the, the king of Israel with this letter. And the king of Israel reads the letter and uh, he thinks that the king of Aram is trying to pick a fight with him. He says, am I God? Can I kill people of leprosy? This guy's just, he's just, he's just trying to, to pick a fight with me. And, and uh, word gets to Elisha and Elisha says, just send the fellow on down here to me. And then he'll know that there is a prophet of God in Israel. And so Naaman and his uh, attendants, they go down. Uh, to see Elisha, and Elisha says, oh yeah, just go over and wash in the River Jordan seven times. Dip yourself seven times and you'll be healed. Well, this makes Naaman very angry, and you don't like him when he's angry. And are there not rivers in Syria? Is, are not the rivers of Farfar and whatever, Farfar, close, close, whatever, the rivers near Damascus, are they not better and, you know, if you've ever been to the Holy Land, there are parts of the River Jordan, glorious as it is, holy as it is, as, as iconic as it is. To, there's parts of the River Jordan that look like a big muddy ditch. And uh, there are some clearer rivers up in the higher land in Syria. There's some beautiful crystal clear rivers. And, and you can imagine now, I'm out, what, they want me to dip seven times in this, in this mud hole. I could have done that. And he's got a bad attitude. See, bad attitudes come up all the time. And his servant is the reasonable one. And he says, if you had been asked to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? How much more this simple thing? And so Naaman goes down, he dips seven times. His, he's cleansed of his leprosy. It says his skin's like a baby all over again. He's healed. And I wanted to share that story in closing uh, just to say that uh, however rough this is on us, we've done harder things. Every one of you have. 
Uh, this may be weird. No, this definitely is weird. And it is unique. It is a first. And again, trying to be sensitive. I know it's harder for some than for others. But we've all had to do harder things in our life. If all we need to do is make sure we wash our hands, uh, if all we can do is to give people at least six feet of distance when we have to be out, uh, if what we need to do is uh, those who can stay in their homes with our families, if we're being asked to do a simple thing, we've done harder things. And so I hope that right now, uh, while we have these moments to reflect, uh, while we have this opportunity uh, to to face something that, uh, and, and you know, whether there's been crises that are much worse than this, I, I can't argue, surely. I mean, there's there's been harder things. What's unique about this, we, we all know it. We've, we've, we've never responded like this before. And we're hoping that this is a good thing and that it's... Uh, how fast everybody gets sick so that uh, we have some ways to deal with it and can especially help the people who are more vulnerable. Uh, but as as unique as it is, as scary as it might be uh, for for some of you, uh, let's encourage let's encourage our children, let's encourage our friends, let's encourage the uh, our loved ones, people that are are some remember what what I shared with you before. Those of us who have strength, let's give strength. Uh, if you're if you're not worried, don't make someone feel belittled that you're not worried. Oh, don't worry, but but give strength, give comfort to people, uh, and encourage people that well, we're going to do what we're encouraged to do. We're gonna we're gonna try to wash our hands until they're like prunes. Uh, we're gonna try to uh, to think of others more important than ourselves. Uh, these are the things we're going to do. And we know that Jesus isn't far from any of us. Uh, with these thoughts in mind, I just want to say God bless you all. Uh, I hope this is helpful. And uh, I do look forward to talking to our leaders this afternoon. And, uh, and Lisa is slipping me a note. She wants me to close with another prayer. And so, so let's be, uh, let's pray. Will you pray with me? Uh, Father in heaven, uh, thank you again for letting us uh, be together like this. And uh, Father, help us, help us to learn and adapt and help us in all of this somehow that uh, things will get even better than we can imagine. Uh, Lord, right now, especially, we want to pray for the doctors and for the nurses, uh, the people who are required by their jobs, their vocation, their convictions, their, the people that are in the middle of this virus, the people who are more uh, subjected to it uh, than perhaps anybody else. Uh, we pray that you'll be with them. Uh, I pray for uh, the nurses in our congregation and our fellowship and, and, and outside of our fellowship around the world. I pray that you'll be with them, uh, that you'll give them extra stamina and strength and and Father, if it is true that all of us eventually will get this virus, we just pray that uh, that you will show you, you will show something that will make more people turn to you in the way that because of how we're responding, how it does get slowed down, how there is time 
so that the people that are the most vulnerable can be taken care of first. And uh, help us to understand through this if there's some, some overarching, bigger message, bigger lesson we need to learn, Father. Help our hearts to be open to it. Help us to, to be able to see things different from perhaps how we've been locked into seeing everything before. If, if, if it's something you want us to change our minds on, if it's something that you want us to, to have a, a clearer understanding and and maybe it's not even a new understanding. Maybe it's been there forever, but it's taken something like this for us to see it. But Father, we just especially want to ask that you'll be with those that are the most in harm's way. And for those of us who are first responders or find ourselves in a situation where we just need to go and take somebody to the doctor or take somebody food, uh, Father, help us to, uh, to just have all of our guardian angels with us and help us to, to live by faith and to do your will. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You're listening to audio from the Portland Church. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to our ministry, please visit www.portlandchurch.org.